son. Where'd you find this? You are now listening to Podcast 42, the world's most popular, inaccurate, and sometimes squirreled retelling of pop culture history. So it was your your coding thing with Nicole. So I was letting her know because like, she was looking for job opportunities. I'm like, there is a strong job opportunity for Python coders. Mm-hmm. I was letting her know my best friend that currently works for a, we, you know, like a big company that Chris and I don't really care for. But um, <laughs> um, anyway, they're big. Um, Although if they offered me money company. to work for him, I would work. Yeah, for it's them. a big tech company. But he's been trying to get other job offers, and he got one from Amazon, and he wanted his current employer to compete for him. His current employer didn't really compete that much for it for him, and Amazon offered him 130k annual starting salary. Wow. Yeah, and then he said. Well, I'll take one hundred seventy thousand dollars annually, and Amazon That's quite told, a jump. Yeah, and Amazon told him, "We'll get back to take you." Take a jump. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so, what kind of coding is it? Python three coding. So, is your buddy's name Monty? Huh. Oh. Oh. Happy to have Gary here today. <laughs> well, on that note, it's time for podcast forty-two. I'm Christopher DeVos. I'm Nicole Fasson. I'm not JL. I'm Gary Winograd. And I'm Faraz. Hey. Hey, we got an on-air sign. I love it. <laughs> That's so cool. We'll never use it for a live episode, though, will we? Why not? Because we are we wouldn't even be able to get it to work for a live episode. If we were to do a live episode uh-huh. and get everything else to work, I bet you that thing would glitch out for us. I, <laughs> I think the theme song, because it's so long, I think that's what throws off the live episode. You know what I realized? If we wanted to do a live episode and stream it, we could put the camera right there mm-hmm. and put JL right next to Frost and I could sit there and then you would get all of us and our beautiful new Podcast 42 banner. Yep. And, and our on-air sign. That would be great. And JL would be between you and Faraz? Yeah, that's where he that's always where he is. Says. Yeah. You're sitting in that, JL's spot. Okay, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> you know, you could just set up a webcam right on the different walls too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that. I need We're to figure out it. Facebook Live and exactly what we have to do. But that's that's in the future, and that would justify the necessity for us to wear costumes when we do this. Yes, and <laughs> something I've suggested. It'll make the food episodes a little more engrossing. Engrossing. Well, you know, yes. and on the topic of costumes, I made sure to wear an apt color. I wore gold today. For a very special reason. It has to do with our topic. Oh, golden arches? Yeah. I was thinking, speaking of food, Gary, what do you own? You should plug that. I should plug that. I own the popcorn place in Hunter's Creek, uh, which is in South Orlando, Florida, where we have over 100 different flavors of popcorn. Delicious popcorn. Yeah, pretty great popcorn. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I love the cheesy ones. And that's where I was all day uh, cooking for... Let's see how many, uh, 120 gallons for Wednesday for a company. Oh, my goodness. 120 gallons. Blueberry, strawberry, cheesecake, firecracker, your favorite hot wings. Yes. Mm -hmm. How long does it take to to cook 120 gallons of popcorn? 
Um, for my half, which was about 50 gallons, it took me about uh, five, six hours. Today. Jeez. Wow. And how big of a microwave do you have in the back of your store? <laughs> we have a, we actually have a convection microwave. It's very Ooh. technical. Ooh. <laughs> you know, that's so funny because I saw something online the other day and, you know, you can't always trust the Internet. But all I saw was the headline and a big explosion in a kitchen where it says man in Florida causes an explosion by trying to microwave a microwave now i don't what? know how true that is <laughs> well, but it sounds like florida but it definitely sounds like how would you fit a microwave into another microwave if, if something if something's going to happen like that it is it going is to be, be in florida. florida that is awesome now i want to try that <laughs> just to get off top subject for a second did did you see the uh recreation of national lampoon's vacation where they actually had grandma in the wheelchair in the back of a pickup this week no, no. yes this, of course in florida of yeah course. it was it was an actual grandma in her wheelchair and she was driving down 60 miles per hour down the highway in the back of a pickup truck oh nice that's awesome this wasn't like a skit. This is just like no, a. This oh, is okay. Florida. This is okay. real life Florida. Listen, listen, a month ago, we had a guy down in Miami hanging on to the front of his car at 70 yeah. miles per hour on 95. His like, girlfriend was trying to steal his car or yeah. something, right? Some people say that we are weird. Mm. I say that we are awesome. No, we're weird. The state of Florida is awesome. You can only get entertainment like that looking out your window in Florida. It's a very unique culture in Florida. Well, the whole state is shaped like a penis, so, you know, it's hot. <laughs> it's a very dickish state. Well, uh, Gary, you filled JL's beer cooler, so let's open that sucker up. All right. Um, I think I know why you brought this particular one. It looks awesome. Well, I always have to go for your rating system to for the label. <laughs> I don't always go for the flavor, but for the label. But this is I brought. It's the Sharkinator White IPA from Eureka Brewing out in California. Ooh. Is this for the final Sharknado? Movie exactly. that just happened last night? Yes. Really? Sharknado 6. Yes. It's about time. <laughs> That's awesome. Label gets a 6, of course. It's like stained glass robo shark. Sharkinator white IPA. Indian India pale. pale ale brewed with spices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminds me of um, Robo Godzilla or the Dragon Zord. Yeah. And it's actually the Lost, Co- Lost Coast Brewery out of Eureka. And they've got four different types of really good hops in there. Hops. Well, we, uh, uh, new format, Gary, we... We sip this throughout the show, and then at the very end, we will rate this sucker. But right now, it's time for Pop Quiz. Wait, you didn't say what our topic is. McDonald's. McDonald's. Bop, 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 bop. I'm, I'm loving, loving it. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get out your notepads and your pens. This pop quiz is called Don't Let This Quiz Make You Dis and French Fried. <laughs> or think about this one. One of McDonald's mascots is a guy who steals from McDonald's. <laughs> yep. Yep, it is. Question one. This is going to be five general knowledge facts on McDonald's in order of the easiest to the hardest to test your knowledge. Score one point for each correct answer. First question. Wait, wait. What? JL was replaced by another left-handed person. Yeah, we can only <laughs> have left-handed people on that side of the table. That's fine. What a coincidence that is. Wow. <laughs> Question one. How many members 
Regular and or substitute of podcast 42 are left-handed. <laughs> That's not the first question. No, it's not. What is the name of the McDonald's <laughs> character that was the mayor? The name of the McDonald's character that was the mayor. Oh, and they get harder from this one. Oh, no. <laughs> this should not be hard. This should not be hard at all. This should be your That's childhood. <laughs> Easy killer. Oh, and now I know why you put them on opposite sides of the table. <laughs> I write something down for Oz because we're going on to question number two. Which McDonald's menu item is the most popular? Which item on the menu is the most popular item? The most ordered? Can we go back to the mayor? Is there a hint? No. It, he, <laughs> yes, I have a hint. He was the mayor. <laughs> Was this election riddled with controversy and it scandal? It was not. It, he has no relation to John. Was it by popular vote or electoral college? It was by... Um, <laughs> Stuffing the ballot box. Stuffing. Is by advertising it. Executives. Question number three. What mm. item has been on the McDonald's menu the longest? Hint. It's probably not what you think. This item has been on the menu the longest. Question number four. If you're traveling to Spain... What food item might you find on the menu in Spain at a McDonald's? <laughs> I don't know. Spain. Can you repeat yeah, I know what the question, please? If you're traveling to Spain, what food item might you find on the menu at a McDonald's in Spain? I feel like this is a trick question. It is an item that you can't get in the States at McDonald's. Oh, damn it. Well, what? yeah, that, that makes sense. Yes. So if you put down French fries, that might be true, but that's not what I'm looking for. That's what I was about gonna write. Yeah, no. I, I know. That's what I was gonna write. It's uh, like we're married. Oh, Chris. <laughs> this is a sad marriage. The way you look at me. Question number five: What anti-McDonald's publication did the company challenge in the famous McLibel case? What anti-McDonald's publication did the company challenge in the famous McLibel case? <laughs> you know, this shouldn't have been as hard as you guys have made it. You made it hard, Chris. I did not make this You're one You're the one that made it hard. I didn't make it hard. Oh, my gosh. Guys, stop. Hi, Nicole's mom. First, <laughs> first question. What was the name of McDonald's character that was the mayor? Gary. Mayor McCheese. Nicole. Ronald McDonald. Ronald McDonald. He could have been the mayor. Shit, I like Gary's answer a lot. What was your answer? Mr. Hamber Mayor II. You're absolutely correct. That was right. Yes. How did you even pull that out? No, 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 Gary was correct. (laughs) Cheese. Cheese and rice. Mayor McCheese, you guys don't know Mayor McCheese? You don't know any of the characters? I forget them. Remember the purple guy? I uh, don't Grimmit. Grimmit? Grimace. And Grimace. who stole or The Hamburglar. Hamburglar. That was yeah. an easy one. And but he couldn't be the mayor. Who were the guys about the fries? No idea. The fry guys. Oh, my the God. The little guys that like look like springy guys? Yeah. yeah. I don't know Those them. Those were the fry guys? Yeah, the fry guys. I don't okay. remember them. Which McDonald's menu item is the most popular, Nicole? The Big Mac? Gary. The fries? For us. I, too, have the fries. It's the Happy Meal. The Happy Meal is the most popular. That's a trick question. That's not a specific you, item. That's yes, like it that's is. everything. That's, that's, that's three things that's in meal. there. That's three things plus a toy. That's a menu item. That's a meal. <sighs> it is a when menu you item. Can, when, if, you, if you go to the McDonald's drive through window and you say, I want a Happy Meal, they're going to say, do you want the hamburger it's or not the gonna chicken ch- nuggets? It, listen. It's no. not going to. No, listen. No, 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 listen. no, 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 no. I can Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. More controversial than the mayor. It's not going to change it because if I said what McDonald's food. Food 
meal combination. You yeah, you would have said the Big Mac meal. You could. That's fine. But then I would have. You still would have got it wrong. Yeah, but then I would have been wrong. You did not ask for an item. All right, item. let's go to the judges. <laughs> judges say you're wrong. Ah. Question. <laughs> question number three. What item has been on the McDonald's menu the longest for us? I have the hamburger. Gary. Quarter pounder with cheese. Nicole. The milkshake. The fillet of fish. What? Really? Wow. Which is my favorite. That's yes. interesting. Oh, Gary, me too. I love the fillet of fish. <laughs> I had Just... that Billy Bass thing that would sing the fillet of fish. What? It was like they had that whole commercial where the the fish that was on the plank that he mounted on the wall. Okay. Would sing the fillet of fish song. There's a fillet of fish song. There's a fillet of fish song. How does that go? I'm not going to sing it. I want to know the song. I would really <laughs> like to listen to the fillet of fish song. <laughs> I will not sing it. I'll sing. I'll sing it with you. Ready? I will... <laughs> One, two, three. Filet of fish. It's the dish that we like the best. Woo-hoo. Good job, Chris. All right. How does that, that really it? go? Is that it? <laughs> no. You sung on the show yeah, before. What's wrong? You sing all the and time. That's my favorite thing. I didn't know they had a song. Sings, Give me back that filet of fish. Give me that fish. Oh. I don't know this one. I don't. I, never I will. I will find this. the video and I will show it to you. Chris, I think she made it up just as much I as did you did. Not. <laughs> yeah. Mine wasn't made up. I will text my sister. We have it in our basement. She will send me a video of that Billy Bass. Thing. Okay. If you're traveling to Spain, what food item might you find on the menu for us? I have paella. That's a good uh, answer, Gary. I also have paella. Oh. That's a good answer, Nicole. I as well have paella. It's gas- gazpacho. Oh. oh. Gaspacho. <laughs> and what anti-McDonald's publication did the company challenge in the famous McLibel case, Gary? I put Supersize Me, which is a movie, not a... Yeah, it's not a, it's not publication. a publication, but it's a good I, answer. I have the failing New York Times. The failing New York Times. Okay, for <laughs> us? I also have Supersize Me, despite knowing that it's a documentary. And not a publication. It is when and Greenpeace a... put out anti-McDonald's pamphlets everywhere. What do these convey? They say Chipotle is awesome and McDonald's is poopy. God damn it, Chris. And <laughs> Actually, and also, Chipotle is poopy, technically. Yeah. They just got another outbreak of they food poisoning. They did have another outbreak. I think the I think it was because of that the way they were harvesting the fish for the fillet of fish. I think really, yeah, maybe I don't I, know. I think I think I remember something about that a few years ago. I don't remember anything about it. That's why it's question so, number five. What we found out here today is that McDonald's uses re- real fish in their fish fillet sandwich. Maybe real fish. It's sort of real fish, but the ugliest fish you've ever seen if oh. you've ever looked it up. I don't want to. Is it no, a you walleye? Don't want, you won't want to eat one again. Is it a walleye? No, it's it's something I've never even heard of. Maybe we should go to research. I don't want to. Okay. I'm afraid. All right. Well, let's get into the script. The beaming, iconic golden arches of McDonald's restaurants are found in 120 countries around the world and serve approximately a whopping 68 million customers every day. McDonald's operates 36,899 restaurants worldwide, employing more than 375,000 people. They are currently a total of... There are currently a total of 5,669 company-owned locations and 31,230 French fri- franchised locations. Like French-fried locations. French-fried locations, because that would be true as well. They would yeah. be all French-fried locations. I'm going to cut Chris off right there. I have looked up, mm-hmm. and in USA Today, it says that it's wild-caught Alaskan pollock. Pollock. Okay, pollock. that's pretty standard normal fish. 
Well, you find that in your... I mean, that's according to USA Today. Your Mr. Paul's or but Mrs. They, Paul's. Maybe they changed that after the controversy. After the con- it could be. Okay. Well, Pop- at least you and I can eat soundly tonight. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Pollock. No, Pollock's very good. Okay. That's not the fish I'm thinking of. Though. Oh, what's the fish you're thinking of? That's what I'm, I'm going to research myself. Okay. In the 1950s, it would cost you about... $30,000 to open a McDonald's of her own. Today, it would it could cost close to a quarter pounding million. <laughs> An owner manager can expect to make about $100,000 a year or more. That's about 100,000 chicken McSandwiches before tax. Despite McDonald's nefarious reputation for having low wages and high turnover. This is an unassigned line. Uh, yeah, why are you looking at me, Chris? So You're how still, did it begin? In, okay, fine, Nicole, take the. Oh, on mine, line. it's it's a sign. No, in mine, it's not a sign. It's not a sign. It's not a sign. Yeah, mine. you only assign it on it one piece of paper. Uh, Roz. So how did yours? it begin? So how did it begin? You ask. I did ask that. <laughs> well, let me tell you all. Back in the 1930s. What kind of year was that? I wonder. <laughs> Don't even encourage him because. Back in the sad. The script was sent to him for proofreading, and what did he do? Mr. Date Hater added adjectives to all the dates. Gary, what? here's what Faraz does. He likes to add adjectives to the dates because he hates scripts with dates in them. However, these are like when you do a history of something, you kind of need a timeline whether people remember it or not, but they can still kind of focus on a timeline. So there may be dates in some of these scripts, but he hates dates. So he, he just wants, <laughs> he wants people to just wonder about when it happened. It could have happened in 2018. It could have happened in 1792. Nobody knows with Faraz. <laughs> but when there's an adjective, you're more likely to remember what the date is. Yeah. I'm trying to help you. I'm reinforcing your point. Chris. Well, you don't have to remember the date per se, but it still gives you kind of a, Reference uh, point? A, a reference and a focus. Back. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not taking a test uh, afterwards. Especially where the whole line was, where did it begin? Exactly. We did take a test after one script. Did you in school hate dates tests? <laughs> you're trying to do psychology on me right now? Yeah. Like, we don't need to go into my past. Did Did you get lots of dates wrong? No, Chris. I did you not. You told me about I'm... a date you got wrong today. And you went to see Racing Strikes. 1692, sailed the that ocean was a blue. Date you got I got wrong. <laughs> what? 1692, he sailed the ocean blue. <gasps> Can I continue? We still have the fish. Okay, I'll, I'll play it at the end. Back in the dreary, depressing, violent 1930s. I don't think they were dreary or depressing. Weren't they happy? The 1930s? Yeah. No. Weren't they gay? No. No. Okay. No. When the 20s were gay. Oh, Roaring Twenties. Roaring Twenties. Okay. The Great Depression, Thirties. Okay. Followed by World War II. All right. Well, what happened in the Thirties with McDonald's? (laughs) What else happened in the 1930s besides World War II? Well, an actual family. What the? Whatever. (laughs) An actual family with the actual last name of McDonald decided to move from Manchester, New Hampshire to Hollywood, California. Hooray for Hollywood. Brothers Richard and Maurice McDonald began working as set movers and handymen at a motion picture studio. Their father, Patrick McDonald, opened the Airdrome, a fast food stand on Route 66 near the Monrovia Airport. Although that does not sound like a fast food stand. That sounds like something out of Mad Max. The Airdrome? Yeah. Yeah. However, it's right next to the Thunderdome. Yeah. After after you win, you go get a a fillet of fish. Where's the water drum? Where's the whirly dome? I drive. (laughs) 
Now, you might wonder, what kind of food items would be sold at an airdrome? Hey, well, Faraz, what kind of food items are so, so sold <laughs> oh, and, and sewn? What kind of food items did they sewn at the aerodrome? I don't know about that, good sir, but I can tell you what they sold. <laughs> Why, they sold mainly hot dogs, though hamburgers later graced the menu with their juicy presence. <laughs> I bet your Faraz, it's an adjective, so Faraz must have written that part, yes. right? <laughs> These burgers cost a mere 10 cents with all you can drink orange juice at five cents. Ooh, Burgers and wow. orange juice. That's I know a that's a combo. great combination. <laughs> Maurice and Richard took over the business and moved the entire operation to San Bernardino, California. Do you think it was orange juice, or do you think it's that orange drink that they have now, which is what is orange drink? In the thirties, it was orange juice because they were in <laughs> California. And... You never had McDonald's orange drink. It's like orange water. Well, I don't understand. Like, so it's... like Kool Aid or Tang kind of. Oh, so it's like kind of like the flavored water stuff, like with the Mio additive and all that? Yeah. Oh. Well, think of it like water that's orange, but no flavor. It tastes like water. Is this supposed to be like a vitamin supplement in there? Or? No, I don't know what it is. It's orange drink. Huh. Anyway, now that Chris made me lose my spot. The restaurant was renamed. All right. Thank you. The restaurant was renamed McDonald's Barbecue <laughs> and featured a staggering 25 menu items. Staggering. Staggering. Most of these were barbecue-centric items, such as barbecued beef, ham, or pork, all for 35 cents with fries. What a bargain. Damn, I wish I stayed with the barbecue. (laughs) Well, the McDonald brothers soon realized that most of their profits came from selling those glorious hamburgers. (laughs) Another Faraz adjective? Anytime you see the word glorious, that's Faraz. So they streamlined with a simple menu that consisted of only hamburgers, cheeseburgers, potato chips, coffee, soft drinks, and apple pie. After the first year, potato chips and pie were swapped out for french fries and milkshakes. The restaurant initially had car hops deliver food to customers waiting in their cars, but that too was eliminated. Do you ever feel like when you go to a restaurant and they serve you potato chips... Do you feel cheated? Yes. Yeah. I do. Yes. Even if it's homemade potato chips, well, I still feel depends cheated. Depends on where you are. If you are in New England and you're eating like a lobster roll, you have to have potato chips. Really? Yeah. Or or a clam roll or clam strip roll or something like that. It demands potato chips. It demands chips. potato chips. You get do french fries. You, do you put the chips on to- in the sandwich? Is that why? To add like a no, crunch? No. Oh. It's just, it, it ba- you don't get french fries. You get you get good potato chips. I feel huh. like if they're... If they're hot, crispy, and especially it's the seasoning. If they're not seasoned well and they're just like salted potato chips like you could get basically anywhere, then Mm -hmm. I'm disappointed. If you do something special with your potato chips and it's like, these are homemade, we want you to like see that we we would prefer to give you this instead of the french fries, then I appreciate that. You mean like the delicious pimento cheese chips we tried earlier? No, those aren't delicious. Well, like Longhorn. pretty good. They're good, but they're not delicious. And there's certainly no flavor to them. Longhorn does their own potato chips and they're really good and they have their own sauce with it but you really? still ca- yeah, still feel kind of we were there for lunch kind of cheated anyway fries and their fries are really good at longhorn gary so the kitchen was retooled to work more like an assembly line to ensure maximum efficiency with the subtraction yeah with the subtraction of barbecue the restaurant renamed itself mcdonald's in 1948 the mcdonald brothers did not stop there however they worked on improving efficiency and conceiving a more visually stimulating appearance with the sketches of stanley clark meston an architect pra- practicing in nearby fontana the brothers designed a new building 
To achieve the extra efficiency they needed, they drew out the measurements of every piece of equipment in chalk on a tennis court behind the McDonald house. What would, what would they do if it had rained? The whole <laughs> things would have just... Yeah. The whole plan would have yeah. Yeah, washed away. That's California. It doesn't rain. Yeah, it's oh. so true. The new restaurant's design uh, stood out thanks to the choices of the red and white ceramic tile bright colors and of course the telltale two foot 20 uh, two 25 foot yellow sheet metal arches trimmed in neon dubbed the golden arches just like your shirt just like my shirt another smaller arch sign which was placed alongside the road hosted a pudgy character in a chef's hat called speedy wasn't jail (laughs) (laughs) this was the start of the change to turn mcdonald's from a sit-down restaurant into a fast food superpower the brothers did not only want the food to be fast and efficient they wanted the customer turnaround time to be rapid quick they employed such techniques as turning off the heat to prevent uh to prevent people from wanting to stay too long Fixed and angled seating so the customer would sit over their food, encouraging them to eat faster. They also spread seats further apart as to make it a less sociable place to dine in. Customers were given branded cone-shaped cups, forcing them to hold their drink while eating, which in turn would also speed up the dining process. This sounds... They were dicks. (laughs) (laughs) Don't think too harshly of the brothers, though. Because there were other, uh, because other companies decided to adopt these same practices, including Burger King and White Castle and but Chipotle. But it was McDonald's that conceived these practices, right? Yes. The other, the competition just said, like, yeah, they're doing this. I guess we might as well do it too. Well, it was working. It's nice to know that evil corporations existed back in the forties. Yes. <laughs> Sometime in late 1953, a date that Faraz hates, the brothers began seeking franchises. Their first franchise was Neil Fox, who was a distributor for General Petroleum Corporation. Fox's store, complete with the Golden Arches, opened in May in Phoenix, Arizona. And he already had the grease because he was in petroleum. There you go. (laughs) The second franchisee was Roger Williams and Burdette Bud Landon, who opened their store in Downey, California. Hold on. So he calls his wife Bud. Is that a woman? No, Burdette is a boy. Burdette's a guy? Yeah. Burdette. All right, let me... Burdette. Burdette Bud Landon. Burdette. You have to pronounce it correctly. Burdette. Burdette. We'll leave the light on for you. But the ad throws me off completely. Burdette. Like Bernadette? Yeah. Burdette. Burdette. Wow. Wow. I learned two things today. Why don't you and Burdette go out to the field and get some corn? This sounds... Go shuck a corn. (laughs) The Downey store has the distinction of being the oldest original McDonald's design. The Downey store was never required to comply with the McDonald's Corporation's remodeling and updating requests because they were afraid of a guy named Burdette. No. What? Oh, over the years because it was not franchised with the McDonald's Corporation. Yes. But by the McDonald's brothers themselves. Big distinction. Then the now famous Ray Kroc. Now infamous. Infamous. Now infamous Ray Kroc joined the chain in 1954. Well, Another date that Frost hates. Hmm? <laughs> He's then but now infamous. Then. The, the now infamous. Then the now infamous infamous Ray Kroc <laughs> joined the chain in 19... 19- in tragic 1954. In, in chain, chain, chain. If you would like to see this whole part of the story play out, just watch the Founder movie. It's oh. very good. With Michael Keaton. I remember. Michael Keaton plays a great villain. 
Michael Keaton built the brand into a global franchise, making it the most <laughs> successful fast food corporation in the world. Croc was a seller of Prince Castle brand multi-mixer milkshake machines. And when he learned that the McDonald's brothers were using eight of them in their San Bernardino restaurant, he went to take a look at the restaurant. <laughs> he was joined by his good friend. Oh, I got to go take a look at this. <laughs> <laughs> eight oh, of them. What do they need eight for? How eight. many milkshakes are they making? Eight is enough. He was joined by his good friend, Charles Lewis, who had suggested to Croc several improvements to the McDonald's burger recipe, like adding meat. <laughs> and flavor. <laughs> well, back then, you think the McDonald's burgers were probably regular meats? Yes. Yeah, they're, they're probably, probably a lot better. If even Gary knows about pink slime, we need to remove that from the script. I had to edit it down from 12 pages. I don't pink know if you realize that. Pink slime is very important it's to important. the story of McDonald's. It's relevant to the pop culture place in McDonald's. As I told you before, just because it's <laughs> removed from the script doesn't mean it's removed from the show. Well, it just came up in the show. There you go. You got Twice it Twice over, sir. <laughs> Ross Gafford, attorney at law. <laughs> he opened the door. I can now question him on these things. Do you want to talk about the coffee now, too, or do you want to wait? No, we'll wait. Okay. We'll, let's talk about the now infamous Ray Kroc first, sir. <laughs> okay. Infamous. Nefarious. Nefarious. It's your turn, by the way. Oh, is it really? Yes. <laughs> what a Kroc. <laughs> I divided the script, so we go in a circle. Yeah, but I divided it first. And if you remember, we go this way in the circle. Yes, but you divided the wrong script, but and, it is my fault. And I am so left-handed, so we're going counterclockwise. Or clockwise this yeah, time. I'm left-handed, and we usually go this way still. Anyway, mm. go on, Faraz. Well, that croc, he sure did love the McDonald's Brothers' efficient formula and suggested they franchise their restaurants throughout the country. I suggest you franchise your restaurants throughout the country. Well, that sounds like a, not a great idea, actually. The brothers did not think that the self-service approach could succeed in the colder, rainier climates of the country. Yeah, nobody eats when it rains. Yeah. Croc took on the hefty responsibility of setting up the new franchises. He struck up a deal to spread McDonald's restaurants throughout the country, except for in California and Arizona, which were already licensed by the McDonald brothers themselves. And it never rains there, so that's yeah, why so they wanted those. a lot those. of diners yes. eager to eat when it doesn't rain. And rocks and lizards. The brothers, the brothers were to receive one half of 1% of gross sales. What a deal, you might say. No. That is Sorry. actually a deal because they don't, you don't have to do anything and money is pouring in. One half of 1%? Well, just go on. Just go on. Well, think about the business that McDonald's is doing. Yeah, now. But back then, that's, they that's still, still not a lot of money. They were, they made money. But how much was Croc making? Croc made money, too. Everybody oh, made, made money. More oh, money. He made a lot more money. Yeah. Like, he completely ripped them off. But we're going to read but he about wanted, that, i They I'm told sure. him, like, you know, you could get your own name, start your own burger franchise, and Croc wanted McDonald's name. Mm. This is according to the movie. The name. Well, according to other things too. Okay. I don't know. I'm but yeah, so it, it is in the founder movie. This one okay. issue is conveyed. It's like in that you know movie. what I love about it, McDonald's. Like there's just like that name just sounds American, and that just sounds like a family name, and everybody's gonna mm. want to come and to just just spend their time with McDonald's. That sounds like something Michael Keaton would say. No, but yeah. see, I I don't know. I always like McDougals. Croc <laughs> <laughs> opened his first McDonald's restaurant in fateful 1955 
Now you're doing these adjectives on the fly. In Back Des to the Plains, future, 1955. Illinois, Kroc hired master painter Eugene Wright, who came up with a color scheme of yellow and white, with dark brown and red being secondary trim colors. These colors would go on to become the colors of all McDonald's franchises. They must not have had those Home Depots with all the color palettes <laughs> back then, because I think you would be able to do that on your own. Well, you know, well, the reason they pick those well, colors is because they're colors that make people uncomfortable. So you want to spend less time in the restaurant. Like red and yellow are very bright and vibrant colors that deter people. Like, you know what colors make me uncomfortable people. is poop brown and puke green. Wait a second. Hmm. Red hmm. is the color of aggression. Yeah, have you ever seen somebody eat in a McDonald's after a night of drinking? <laughs> yeah, and they, the whole point is so people go in, they get the food, and then they're like, ugh, these colors, like, uh, I'm uh, okay, I'm going to leave. It was the same, the reason hmm. they made all those choices for people to eat fast, like putting their food over, like putting themselves to seat over so their food you're and saying spacing that it out. red and yellow is in distasteful color choice yeah. <laughs> the, the, the color of our group <laughs> if you read anything about the reason why mcdonald's picked their wondering, colors i was wondering why our subscription numbers have dropped <laughs> look Maybe. it up if you read about why mcdonald's chooses why didn't you colors. suggest that to chris when he was asking us for feedback on the maybe the puke brown the <laughs> pea soup green and the pepto bismol pink the logo might be a good change the banner cost me five thousand dollars it's not changing <laughs> and nicole citing it it's, for being distaste distasteful right no, now they're making one hover above us all a big red and yellow banner <laughs> with black trim with a black logo <laughs> it's over faraz's head i always thought it was just faraz that made me uncomfortable <laughs> but it's the banner, it's the banner. <laughs> <laughs> moving on <laughs> After the De Plains restaurant was operational, Croc sought franchisees for his McDonald's chain. McDonald's grew slowly for the first for its first three fabulous years. <laughs> By interesting 1958, there, there were we incredible 34 restaurants. The next year, they don't were... buy into the dates, Gary. Do not <laughs> buy into the <laughs> dates. Great job. The, ne the next year, the chain grew to an amazing 68 new restaurants, bringing the total to. An incredible 102 locations. Incredible 102 <laughs> locations. Incredible. All I know is and every time I see De Plains in this script, I think of De Plains, De Plains. In sexy 1960, oh McDonald's my heavily invested in the advertising campaign Look for the Golden Arches. It paid off and yielded a huge boost in sales figures. Advertising began to, yeah, began to play a key role for the development of the McDonald's Corporation. And in... Uh-huh. Think about it. Uh, you're doing so uh, good there. Yeah. Keep going. Keep Choking. Going. Skip it. Huh? Swarmy. And Swarmy. Swarmy. In Swarmy 1962... In Swifty. In Swifty 1962, McDonald's introduced its now world-famous Golden Arches logo, and just one year later, the company sold its millionth hamburger. Wow. A Washington, D.C. franchise owner started using a clown in his television ads. The clown had a to-go box with a cup in it for a hat, striped suit, big red mouth, and another cup on the nose. Yeah, if you actually see a picture of this clown, it is super scary looking. I can't wait to look later. <laughs> the clown was played by none other than, by none other than Willard Scott of Who's NBC, Willard Scott? NBC Today Show Weatherman fame. Yes. Oh. This would also lead to the he birth of... Linda. This would... 
lead to the birth of Ronald McDonald, which is kind of scary that Willard Scott and this crazy clown had a child named Ronald. Willard Scott loves Smuckers. It's his favorite food. Also, the jelly? Yeah. Am I I wrong? And 100-year-old women. Yes. Yeah. Do you all know what the difference is between jelly and jam? Yes. What is it? Uh, Letters. (laughs) Uh, Gary? Uh, Jam, jelly has less, uh, more process to it. Jam is more pure fruit. Yeah, jelly probably has some kind of What's marmalade? A big gray dog that always No, that's marmaduke. Oh. What's the difference between marmalade and jelly and jam? Uh, Marmalade has pieces of actual fruit inside the jam. Huh. Wow. You think for a popcorn guy, he wouldn't know his jellies. <laughs> you, you would think for a smart man, he would know when someone's bullshitting. <laughs> also that it's very year. Believable. <laughs> well, he delivered that really well. No, I actually think you're right. I make things sound really good. I think there's less ingredients in jam. I and think there's, it's more pure. Less, yeah. Yeah, and there's yeah, more ingredients in jelly. Like... And marmalade does have chunks of stuff in it. What about preserves? Oh, my gosh. This is a know. whole other topic. <laughs> Like a food tasting show <laughs> on the also, next dinner with Faraz. <laughs> yes. Also in the year 1962, the unexpectedly delicious filet o fish sandwich was introduced and billed as the fish that catches people. The fish that catches people. The new item had originally <laughs> met with disapproval from Croc. Why did you repeat that? It was worth repeating. Okay. Lou Grone had wanted the fish sandwich because the store was in a predominantly Catholic neighborhood. Crockett had wanted to add a burger with a slice of pineapple and a slice of cheese called the Hula Burger instead. Because Innovative. Catholics love pineapple. Oh, it's and because they can't eat meat on Fridays oh, during lunch. But it's still right. a burger with pineapple on it. Anyway, that. Grone- well, listen, they could have put pineapple on top of the fish, which would, would have been really nasty. Yeah, that would have been not yeah, good. No, crop. They should have put jam on the fish. Mm. Jam. Or marmalade. Preserves? Yes. Mm, Grown and Croc had a contest <laughs> to see whose sandwich would sell the most, and whoever won would get their item added to the menu. Grown sold 350 sandwiches, though Croc would not reveal how many he sold. He simply conceded that the filet of fish was the new official addition to the menu. Grown and Croc, wasn't that some characters in a cartoon somewhere? <laughs> Grown and Croc on the next Grown and Croc. <laughs> Grown goes fishing and Croc puts pineapple on a burger. Then in 1968, the legendary Big Mac made its debut, and one year later, McDonald's sold its five billionth hamburger. Now, see, if we want to go back and take a look. Go back, go back. McDonald's, to 1968, McDonald's, to the fabulous 1968. McDonald's had 16? milkshakes on their menu, and in the pop quiz, you're saying the filet fish has been on the menu the longest. Yes. So that's wrong. Because it's not. milkshake has been on the menu the longest. It wasn't. It was taken off and re-added. So you mean like no interruptions? Continuous. What about the hamburger? Number of years. What about the hamburger? Like continuous. That was also taken of, off and re-added. There were a lot of problematic things about this this quiz today. McDonald's went to barbecue and they started with hot dogs. No, but by the so time. So hamburger wasn't on there the longest. It's oh. not continuous years. It's number of years. So it was this guy. That added the longest lasting consecutive. I don't know. I got that question from the internet. I'm making up the reasons behind it. That's what happens when you go to Schnoogle versus Mm -hmm. Google. Mm -hmm. The company pioneered breakfast fast food, which was the longest menu items, with the introduction of the Egg McMuffin in 1972. 
when a quick breakfast would be welcomed by consumers. Five years later, McDonald's added a full breakfast line to the menu, and by 1987, one-fourth of all breakfast eaten out in the United States came from racetrack. No, McDonald's. Oh, McDonald's, yes. I do like racetrack's sandwich, though. Croc was a firm believer. What? Wait, hold on. So you go in the mornings. You're thinking, oh, I'm in a hurry. I'm going to pull into a gas station. Uh Uh-huh. Walk inside of this gas station, uh-huh. pick out a breakfast sandwich, uh-huh. wait in line uh-huh. for this, you know, to make to pay, uh-huh. and then pay, and then get back in your car. And I'm then, never in a hurry. Oh, crap! Then why don't a- you just make your own <laughs> breakfast sandwich? Because I'm not good at that. I'm not gonna sit and crack an egg and toast a McMuffin and. And it gives him options. He goes yeah. in. Well, what looks best today? I can get a, a egg sandwich and a chicken sandwich. Or you get, or you get a roll. Because they're item. small. Or, I can uh, get a donut. Yeah. I get beef jerky. I but, get ice cream. So you only do this at racetrack. Yeah, or Wawa, or Speedway because I get my points there. Yeah. Hmm. Do you ever go to like a First Watch or a Kiki's or a Perkins? Not when I'm going to work because I don't have time to sit down. Oh, so now suddenly you're in a hurry. <laughs> I'm not in a. Interesting. Our, I'm not. <laughs> First watch I'm, has I'm not in a have two hours for breakfast. <laughs> That's right. I'm not in a hurry, but I also don't have all morning to dilly daddle. <laughs> I do have. I do get up at four thirty in the morning. And he is multitasking because he can get gas, coffee, yes, a, a, a roller item, a, a breakfast la- sandwich, a yeah. donut, a taquito, and a taquito and jerky. Yes. What's a roller item? On the roller grill. They yeah, have. the yeah. weird mystery meats. Taquitos or hot dog or... Buffalo chicken rollers. Yeah. 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 Or... And they're two for 250 I can stand outside of a first watch, because they're not open at 4.30 <laughs> in the morning, okay. and wait for wow. them to open and get right. a bowl of granola and be you, late You can work. get avocado toast at a first watch when they open. You I can like, get a delicious salmon egg white frittata. There. I like first watch. I, I wish watch. they were open for dinner as well. Croc was a firm believer in giving something back to the community where you do business. Thus, in 1974, Chipotle gave back to its community. A regular old, yeah, they gave them food poisoning. Where they do their business. <laughs> Thus, in plain 1974, McDonald's acted upon that philosophy in a new, unique way by opening the first Ronald McDonald House, which provided a home away from home for the families of children in nearby hospitals that are waiting for their parents to die of food poisoning after they oh. ate at a Chipotle. Oh. You made this very grim. I'm about to give him a, an, an applaud. No, no, no what? the room. Read the room. That's not something to make a joke about. Why? It's already kids in hospitals. You don't want to say they're waiting in hospitals for their parents to die of food poisoning. Okay. Kids the are the room. ones in, in the It hospital. was a pure dig against Faraz. That's all. If I may, speaking okay. of reading the room, I appreciate the fact you gave me a butt pillow. It's really nice. <laughs> but I feel like it's extra. Please, or please do not tell anybody ever again that I gave you a butt pillow on air or off air. But you've done that before. You give me the butt pillow. I always give you a butt pillow, yeah. He's offered to give me a butt pillow, but I turned him down. <laughs> What's but wrong with your butt pillow? The, no, no, it's not, nothing wrong with the butt pillow. Okay. The butt pillow is great, and I appreciate it. Okay. Is there the something? room is in terri- It's terribly warm in here. And I am is wearing... It? So is your butt pillow sweating? Um, I think that... You have a sweating butt pillow. Everything is sweating on me. Really? You can keep the butt pillow oh, now. you look at me so quizzically like I'm a mystery. Okay, well, you, you should have mentioned that before we started recording. Well, I only any... started getting warm once you started talking. <laughs> it's my sexiness. 
god. 12 years after the first house opened, 100 similar Ronald McDonald houses were in operation across the United States. <clears throat> I could turn like, down the fan, but I can't you need do to that turn now. Turn up the fan. Turn up the fan. I could. Well, it depends on which way the switch is going. Because if it has to go faster and you have to go down, then he's turning down the fan. I can turn up for turn. what? <laughs> what? It's turned down for what? I can turn up for what? <laughs> In epic 1975, <laughs> McDonald's opened its first drive-through window in Arizona, following the lead by Wendy's. The company's goal was to provide service in 50 seconds or less. drive through sales eventually accounted for more than half of McDonald's sales. There's a lot of fan action going on. Whose fault is that? Who's all hot and sweaty? The controversial Happy Meal, a combo meal for children featuring a toy, was added to the menu in 1979 when it slowly began to destroy Nicole's quiz scores. It's like a tornado in here now with that fan on high. I'm just afraid. You know how sometimes when there are new fans or fans that you don't use on highest speed a lot, they start to shake, and then you're constantly worried it's going to fall on you? I installed that fan. It is up there nice <laughs> and good. So. Wasn't the first one like flickering when you put it in? Yeah, that was, was a light bulb. That was just a light bulb. It was oh, bad. It was okay. a ghost. So wait, you you install the fan above Nicole's head right now? Yes, Boy, the I'm one that's shaking. Underneath there, okay. It's okay. You don't have any hair to lose. Maybe we should switch seats. <laughs> no, I'm quite good, thank you. <laughs> I'm just watching the thing rattle a little bit, and the screws Stop slowly it. unturning. All right, continue. A period of aggressive advertising campaigns and price slashing in the early 1980s became known as the Burger Wars. Burger King suggested oh. to customers. Have it your way. Wendy's offered itself as the fresh alternative and launched their Where's the Beef campaign. But McDonald's remained king of the beefy throne, boasting unsurpassable sales figures. Page turn. McDonald's opened its first foreign restaurant in happy, glorious, peaceful, (sighs) tranquil British Columbia in Canada, 1967. By the early 1990s, the company had established... Why did you get all sexy on that British Columbia? What's up with that? Have you ever been to British Columbia? Yeah. No. Something's got to jazz it up. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> British Columbia has a lot of jazziness to it. It's got mountains for skiing. Mm-hmm. It's got... Oh, British Columbia. Oh. It's got um, a lot of great Chinese restaurants. <laughs> not... So does Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> it's got... Uh, Canadians. Did I mention that it has mountains for skiing? And it has, it has the it first has universal health care. First foreign McDonald's. And, and it has first foreign McDonald's. Do they have poutine in Canada? Yes, they do. And McDonald's. I don't believe they do. No, I think they do. We will find out. Continue. I think I once read an article on all the different uh, menu items across the world for McDonald's. Unless I think it's a poutine recent, was Because uh, poutine is suddenly trending in the food industry. It yeah. wasn't that big of an item when I was growing up in Canada. No, because gravy makes fries soggy. Right. But Canadians don't complain, so that's... Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Yeah. This Canadian has never complained ever. Chris seems very that's, unappreciative of that fact. That's why I don't think you're Canadian. Because <laughs> all you do is complain. <laughs> On the McDonald's Canada website, it does have poutine listed. Well, yep. they probably just added it recently, God damn it! Yeah, hey, like 40 so years there's ago. There's no reason to get upset. I am not upset. Neither am I complaining. If 40 years is recent, then yes. By the early 1990s. The company had established itself in 58 foreign countries 
and operated more than 3,600 restaurants outside of the United States, with its strongest foreign markets being in Japan, Canada, Germany, Great Britain, Australia, and France. By 1991, 37% of sales came from restaurants outside of the United States. Do you know how long it took McDonald's to open its first 10,000 restaurants? I'm going to... 33 years is right here in the script. 33 years. It's amazing. But the company reached the incredible 20,000 restaurant mark in only fantastic eight years after that. By the end of... I'm giving up. By the end of 1997, (laughs) Mm -hmm. the total had surpassed 23,000, with McDonald's opening 2,000 new restaurants each year, an average of five every day. And much of the growth came outside the U.S. The number of countries with McDonald's outlets nearly doubled from 59 in 1991 to 114 in 1993. The first McDonald's in the Middle East opened up in Tel Aviv, Israel. Shalom. Peace. Family. Uh, as the company entered new markets, it showed increasingly increasing flexibility with respect to local food preferences and customs. In Israel, for example, the first kosher McDonald's opened in Jerusalem. In Arab countries, the restaurant chains used halal menus, which complied with Islamic laws for food preparation. And when McDonald's entered India, it offered a Big Mac made with lamb called the Maharaja Mak. The same year, the first Mixki threw open in <laughs> Linvalen, Sweden. I would like to Birch try goes. a Maharaja Mak. What? Maharaja Mak. Maharaja Mak. I would like to try that. The lamb burger? Yeah, that sounds have, good. I have yet to try a good lamb burger. I've never been impressed by them. Have you been to India? McDonald's? No, I have not. Do you think that that's what I need? I think that's what you need. Okay. You need two all-beef patties. Uh, some sheep and special sauce. Oh, lamb. Bah. Lamb patties, not yeah. beef. There's a difference between sheep and lamb. Well, whatever. I was just going for a joke. Gary, I wasn't going between for sheep and lamb. A lamb is a baby and sheep is mutton. Well, there you go. And how do Older. they make mint jelly? <laughs> <laughs> the company made several notable blunders in the United States in the 1990s, which hurt stateside profits. They went to the blender industry? I don't know. It's a notable blenders. What kind of <laughs> blenders did they make? Blunders. Oh. The McLean Deluxe Sandwich, which featured a 91% fat-free beef patty, well. was, was introduced in 1991, <laughs> but never caught on and was dropped from the menu to make room for the Arch Deluxe. Ooh. That just sounds like an evil villain. The Arch Deluxe. <laughs> the pricey Arch Deluxe sandwich was launched in May of 1996 in a $200 million campaign to gain the business of more adults. It featured a quarter pounder beef patty embraced by a potato sesame seed bun topped with lettuce, tomato, onion, secret sauce, cheese, and a round piece of peppered bacon. Well, that's unique. Is it? doesn't sound unique. It's called Canadian bacon. A round piece oh, of peppered bacon? Yeah, Canadian yeah. bacon. It ended up being a dud, though, interestingly, because of its higher price point and abundant amount of calories. But keep in mind, the market didn't like the Slimmer McLean either. The Arch Deluxe, which was supposed to serve as the flagship of a new tier of menu items, would be remembered as one of the most disastrous financial flops in the industry. You know, I thought that was interesting. So I looked into why the Arch Deluxe failed. Mm-hmm. And it was because, like, people were thrown off by, like, the hefty calorie counts in that sandwich. Okay. Which is, I thought, ironic because the McLean, which was the direct opposite of that sandwich, also failed. Even though the McLean also proved well in taste tests. So, like, in focus That was going to be my question. I don't remember 
the McLean was it nasty tasting? In the in focus groups, the McLean actually impressed all the focus groups, which is why McDonald's put on the national menu, mm. and somehow it all it failed. And then the Arch Deluxe, which did well in tasting uh, focus groups as well, also failed for the market. So it was a weird time for if you were like a mark, you know, McDonald's uh, because it was moderation. It's like one was extremely lean and it was a decent burger but it was just plain and you know and then you get to the arch deluxe like i said tons of calories and like three dollars more yeah so it was like you know you need something in the middle there that's where mcdonald's success. and i guess that's where their normal menu is yeah, yeah. in the middle of that yeah what was that one where they had the cold side cold and the hot side hot was that mclean no idea what no i know the hot side. i think it, they put it in the box and they had the hot on one side and the cold on the other, so it wouldn't get soggy and like oh, your wow. lettuce wouldn't get. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, you had to build it yourself, basically. Oh, that sounds annoying. It wasn't annoying. You just flipped the box together. Right. Oh, well then. It saved them a step. It saved them labor and uh, a whole marketing idea. Well, several several other new items debuted around this time as well, including fried chicken, pasta, fajitas, and pizza, and they were. All flops. Have any of you tried the McDonald's fried chicken? No. 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 I, I don't know either. I was wondering if there were pieces or not. I never did the research on that one. Mm-mm. I was just curious about the Arch Deluxe and the McLean, why they failed. Well, a seemingly weekend McDonald's was the object of a Burger King offensive when the rival fast food giant launched the Big King Sandwich, a Big Mac clone, basically. <laughs> Furthermore, internal taste tests revealed that customers preferred the menu at Wendy's and Burger King to the Golden Arches offering. So that was a big problem for McDonald's at that point. I do prefer Wendy's personally i am with you i like hardy's too hardy's is good i have never been to a hardy's oh my god hardy's for breakfast and their burgers they do sourdough bread we, hardy's for breakfast lunch and dinner sounds good to me yeah uh, we always pass one on the way to chris's uh, studio here so, okay hardy's is good but they are expensive yeah but they're good they got curly fries and they got their burgers are good they yeah. got bacon their breakfast their steak sandwich breakfast oh my god that's oh. that's like treating yourself though it's like you might as well dress up and go to a nice restaurant after you put down really the, and wait for put down the money on Hardee's. It's that expensive. <laughs> it's really Holy expensive it's, compared it's almost, to Burger King and Wendy's and McDonald's. Is it's, it's almost Kiki's or First Watch. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Holy shit. Whose turn is this? Which I got admonished for not going to First Watch. You what? know when did that happen? It's interesting. About Twenty minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you mentioned just now that you also prefer Wendy's over McDonald's because in our the tasting competition we did on mm-hmm. the show, McDonald's came in bottom tier for the most flavorful burger that we had that day. Yeah. Wendy's came out on top, I believe, for best fast food so, burger yeah. that we tried. Um, Nicole and I got McDonald's a couple days ago from a different McDonald's restaurant down the street. We went to the Hunter's Creek one originally when we did it for the show. The okay. one in um, whatever. The one that one never had. gets their items correct or your order correct or it's the, the one that's always super busy. Like they uh, always the have a line the from the building. the Shimikulas and the Publix right. okay. and yeah. the Shell Station. So this last one, we went to one in South Orange Blossom Trail. Um, a little ways in South Chase, not too far from the Hunter Street area. I know which area. one you're talking about. And th- their fries were outstanding. I was, and I don't usually like McDonald's fries ever since I moved from Canada. Like, what, I felt like midnight? there's a difference. What time were we there? It was late at night, yeah. And the bi- I got a Big Mac, the two for five deal they have going on right now. I got two Big Macs. The first Big Mac, I had that right when they gave it to me. It was fantastic. I've never had a Big Mac that good. 
for McDonald's. I was impressed. And um, the second Big Mac I put in the fridge, I ate that the next day. I ate it cold. It was good. I didn't even have to eat it up, heat it up. Ooh. I know, but it was that good. <laughs> I was the Burger King and McDonald's in Hunters Creek never get your orders right. The one uh, up there that you're talking about is good. By the way, since you moved, mm-hmm. first of all, I want to know what brilliant business person decided to put a uh, uh, crystals right next to a McDonald's in that shopping center. Yeah. But they put them out of business. They lasted about three months. They're gone. Who's out of business? Crystals. Crystals. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. You know, did you, were you still there when it opened up? Um, it was there when I left. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's all shuttered. Okay. Crystals doesn't hold up to White Castle anyway. So no. It, it, no. Lawsuits and closings of stores followed into the 2000. Owners and customers alike recognized that the age chain required revamping. The question was, how should McDonald's re- reinvent itself without losing its core values and maintain relevance in the marketplace? Several new menu items were successfully launched, such as entree salads, McGriddles breakfast sandwiches, which I I still have yet to have that. It looks like five billion calories. I've mm-hmm. tried a McGriddle. Yeah, people love them. They I, I understand why they're very sweet. Yeah, so they give you everything the McMuffin does, the egg McMuffin, but then they, you know, surround that by no, sweet pancakes and instead. Yeah. So yeah, it's that sweet and savory combination. It's really good. I feel if I had one of those in the morning, I probably would not be able to eat anything else. Yeah, the rest you definitely of the day. feel like you're going to go on a sugar high. Well, you know how like when you get pancakes or bacon and you dip your bacon into the maple syrup, basically that, that's a McGriddle. Oh, I don't yep. do that. You don't do that. You've never no, done a sausage. No. No. Oh, try it. See, mm. I heard. You'll that thank me. Yeah. I heard McDonald's right guy. now is testing. <laughs> Wait, you can't have bacon. It's kosher bacon. Okay. <laughs> I heard McDonald's right now is also testing uh, a similar thing. The uh, in the McGriddle, sorry, instead of pancake as the buns, it's going to be French toast because they have French mm. toast as well. I do like the French toast. So they took that from Wawa. I guess. Yeah, because Wawa has a French toast breakfast sandwich. Ah. Oh. And Wawa is one of my favorites. Yes. Um, they also had, they also, for their new menu items, they had white meat chicken McNuggets. Some outlets began test marketing fruits and vegetables as Happy Meal options. It was quickly determined that focus on customer experience was the key in reversing the downward spiral, like Nine Inch Nails. A new campaign began featuring youthful images, hit music, and pop culture celebrities like Justin Timberlake, touting the tagline, I'm loving it. What was their tagline before I'm loving it? I'm hating it. Really? No, like, I'm loving it's the one they're rocking right now, right? They've been doing it since? I think they changed. I I don't know. Like, the last couple McDonald's taglines have really stuck in, and they've done them for a long time, but I don't remember them having, like, taglines when I was a kid. Me neither. I only remember I'm loving it. Yeah. Huh. They had like. Is it uh, having your way? Is that uh, one? That's Burger King. Oh. I think the big one when I was a kid was to all beef patty, special sauce, sauce lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, onions, onions on a sesame, sesame seed bun. bun. <laughs> uh, the plan was to keep things simple with a focus on the basics like customer service, clean restrooms. There you go. That's the basics right there. <laughs> clean re- People come here for a clean restrooms. <laughs> and reliable, appealing food. Sales began rebounding. Helped by improvements in service. And those clean restrooms. I love clean restrooms. As most large corporations, McDonald's has seen a fair amount of time in the spotlight, be it for better or worse. Notorious instances include the spilled coffee lawsuit. Oh, it's still in there. Yay. <laughs> Did you re-add it? 
No, I didn't re-add anything. Okay. I didn't touch a script after I yelled at you. <laughs> Detour, uh, the spilled coffee lawsuit in which a customer suffered severe burns to her body due to the restaurant serving what was deemed excessively hot coffee. The pink slime fiasco involving the use of beef trimmings and, of course, the documentary Super Size Me which criticized the chain for contributing to the obesity epidemic in the U.S. Now, I do th- like the documentary Super Size Me. I think it's well done. It's very interesting. But who would eat McDonald's every day? I think that's the flaw in that. I don't think McDonald's intends for people to eat no, it No, they day. don't. So I think, like, you can't say attack McDonald's for saying, well, if you eat this every day, this is what's going to happen. Right. And didn't he eat it three times a day? Yeah, he yeah. ate it for, he, for each a month, meal. For 30 yeah. days. Yeah. So that's... I don't think that would be the average person. But I think the point that you can take from Super Size Me is when he leaves things out in like a jar or whatever, right? Just to show you how the amount of preservatives in their food, yeah, you know, does something unnatural to the food where it just does not decompose. And the point is like that's in your body. Imagine that in your body without being able to decompose naturally. Now, immediately once you eat something, your stomach enzymes will be able to, you know destroy anything well, in theory yes thank you dr science well there was about a year ago there was some uh teacher at, at one of the universities who had literally put a mcdonald's like big mac or quarter pounder and just wrapped it away and just put it away yeah and nothing like happened eight to years it years and unwrapped it and it opened it up and it didn't look any different right gross i call that science I call that chemicals. I call that the wave of the future and what Star Trek intended food to be. And the amazing thing was he then microwaved it and ate it. (laughs) No way. The only food that I want to microwave and then eat is from Back to the Future where she puts that teeny tiny little pizza in the microwave and then it expands into a full-size pizza in like three seconds. We have that now, but it's the reverse. You microwave a pizza too long, it shrinks. Oh, I don't want that. McDonald's is the largest restaurant chain in the world, and as such, its decisions and actions can shake the entire food industry. When McDonald's starts supplying its stores with a product for new menu items, such as the short-lived offering of chicken wings, the rest of the industry feels the impact as their own supplies can dwindle and increase in price. Though McDonald's has proven in staying power against the years, it was also the architect of its own slump in sales in recent years. As restaurant customers turn towards fresh ingredients and less manufactured food items, the fast casual market, occupied by the likes of Chipotle, Panera Bread, etc., continues to flourish, whereas the fast food market staggers. McDonald's itself propelled the success of the fast casual market with its early investment in Chipotle Mexican Grill, arguably the flagship and pioneer of this fast casual segment. Despite the addition of fresh, never-frozen beef to some of its burgers and new salad and grilled chicken items, McDonald's continues to profit mainly from its menu staples, such as the Egg McMuffins, the the McGriddles, the McNuggets, and Double Cheeseburgers. Surprisingly, McDonald's sales figures also ranks its premium salads as fairly profitable, though that's likely because those salads also wear a premium price versus the prices of the traditional menu items. Those are hard to eat in the car. That's true. I've had some McDonald's salads before, before they also came under fire for the yeah. same things Chipotle is under fire for. Yeah. yeah. You ate them in the car? No. <laughs> oh, okay. The equalizer. I like the one that, I don't know if they still do it, because I, I try not to do a lot of fast food, but if I'm doing it, I'm usually in the car. And driving, but I like the one where you shook salad it. shaker. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was good. That was a good idea. I don't know if they still have those. 
I thought they're. I mean, I've had their Southwest chicken salad, and I thought that was surprisingly good. Yeah. But I know that also that's also counterproductive to why you would get a salad because like their Southwestern dressing that comes with that. Oh, is I'm sure. Very high in calories. It's like a Caesar. Yeah. Um, I've had their Caesar salads aren't healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I've had their wraps. Remember the snack wraps they used to have? Like they had a Big Mac snack wrap. Yeah. That was pretty good. I was impressed by that. I don't think I ever had snack I'll, wrap. I'll take the Wendy's snack wrap with the spicy chicken inside. Ooh. So all this hoopla about how customers demand fresh and healthy offerings almost seems mixed. Yes, fast, casual restaurants are successful, but McDonald's biggest selling items, it's not that premium salad. Rather, it's a legendary Big Mac, which remains completely unchanged from its debut in the 60s. McDonald's sells an astounding 550 million Big Macs every year in the U.S. alone. Almost 17 Big Macs every second. Yep, I got 17 more. <laughs> now we're 51. Yeah. 68, 75, 85. Burgers almost a half pound, brandishes a hefty 540 calories and 29 grams of fat. Despite all this, the Big Mac remains arguably the most iconic burger in history. That sandwich is so universally popular that back in the late 1980s, the economists even developed the Big Mac Index as a way by which to compare and explain market prices of various goods in different countries, thereby simplifying the foreign exchange rate. For example, if you have $20, 20 US dollars on you, you currently have the ability or buying power to purchase about three Big Macs in the United States and about six Big Macs in Canada. And in Venezuela, you could purchase 9,000 <laughs> yeah, Big Macs. 9,000. <laughs> I don't know. Aren't they going through an... Uh, oh, big right time. Now? Yeah. Thus, the Big Mac index would indicate the U.S. dollar currently carries more buying power than in Canada. But there's all... Uh, there's one other item that draws even more sales figures than the inexplicably mighty Big Mac, the fries. Back in 2016, it was reported that McDonald's sells about 9 million orders of fries globally every single day. Approximately 3,285,000,000 pounds of fried potatoes every day. Ba, 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 ba. I'm, I'm loving it. it. All right, let's Three get to our uh, fishbowl facts. These are items, extra items that we're going to pull out of a fishbowl. We should have done it out of a Happy Meal for today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't go to McDonald's. That'll be cute. McDonald's, I'm going to air this out in public. And Now, your kids are how old? Uh, Five and seven. Oh, just recently five. Yeah, my son just turned five yesterday. And and my poor daughter, McDonald's, I will say, always had the best Happy Meal toys. They had the Indiana Jones. Mm -hmm. They had all the interactive, really cool things. But we'd go through the line, and they would say, do you want the boy toy or the girl toy? And that pissed me off because the girl, boy toy was always the cooler toy. Mm-hmm. But you can yeah. get the boy toy. Oh, we got the boy toy, but it's like. You got your daughter a boy toy? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, why don't you say, which toy would you like? Why does it have to be the boy toy or the girl toy? Yeah. I don't know. I got. I got. Yeah, really no. agitated about you're that. Not I understand that. that. You're, you're not playing into that, are you? I, I think it's. I mean, I understood it. Really? I just, you never. I understand why yeah, he's got, frustrated by it. I got pissed it. off. You know, because it would always be. You want the boy? To, no, I want the really cool thing that lights up and makes sounds and launches rockets. Not the little pony that sits there on the table. I think like you might be criticizing Gary for that, but like I, I don't know if Jocelyn's encountered this a lot, but my daughter is very tomboyish and she's encountered a lot of instances where people like 
say like you can't do that you're a girl not a boy do people really say that anymore yeah they say that to my yeah. daughter really and she was she's That's seven this has happened like ever since uh she started walking and talking see because i think any kid can play with whatever toy they want but uh it's okay to have a gender associated with it but that doesn't mean you have to stick with it a girl can play with a boy toy or a, don't a boy can play with a girl toy with something they're not gonna know like it's okay for it to be different than that once there's a gender associated with it they're they're taught to believe like this yeah. is this this is that it would just be so but it's just like which toy do you want it's just a yeah. category there was a one time it doesn't mean anything you could do whatever you want it's just a way to categorize something i understand that as well but i also understand why gary is upset about it because like i have seen how it upsets my daughter sometimes like yeah there was one time she was at a playground and she wears like superhero outfits and stuff. She likes Superman, Batman, and that yeah, whole I've sort of thing. I've seen her all over Facebook. Yeah. Right. Oh. So, um, the one boy at a playground asked her, like, "Are you a boy or a girl?" And she said, "I'm a girl." And he was like, "Well, why are you wearing boy clothes?" And she said, "Like, I'm a girl, but I can wear whatever I want." Good for her. Yeah. And, and she was making a point. And you could tell like she was irritated by that. And like there are times too where like people. She said, "I'm just wearing clothes." Yeah. <laughs> and the grocery store like, too. But like, yeah. But yeah. when you get, but it's it's like my daughter. My daughter's tall, and I yeah. made it a point her whole life never to make a big deal. Oh, look how no, she's exactly the right size for her. Because when you start yeah. pointing things out, especially with kids, they can start getting self conscious and start thinking. About right. It. She's exactly the, her feet reach the floor. She's exactly the right height for her. But like these stores that want to get rid of all the, like they want to get rid of the people are upset because they have like a boy section and a girl section. It's just a way to group things together. It doesn't mean anything. Anybody can go in any aisle and buy whatever they want. But it doesn't matter. Right. But that's your choice when you go in. Oh, let's look around and see what you like. But when you go to the play, place and you're driving through trying to get a thing. Oh, do you want the boy toy or the girl toy? I don't know. It just always. Well, what would you rather have them say? Which toy would that. you like? Yeah, which toy would you rather you, have? You and then what the do I Indiana, say? Do you want the superhero toy or the Polly Pocket toy? Okay. Now, Faraz might want the Polly Pocket toy, but you know, yeah. my, daughter daughter wants, wants my, my daughter okay, wants Okay, that works. <laughs> you can take the gender out of it yeah. and just do other classifications, yeah. but it's just a classification in my mind. Do you want strawberry shortcake or do you want the really cool SpongeBob toy that really does really cool things? Now you're selling one toy over <laughs> the other. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> one does nothing and one like literally will... Like, make your entire day. Because I do think that boys and girls may lean towards a certain, naturally certain something, but that doesn't mean they have to stick that way. Like, it's in a woman's you. nature to be motherly, but that doesn't mean she has to be a mother. doesn't mean she can't play with a hot, a hot wheel right. or a Batman doll. But that should be or, her choice, not, not some right. outside force saying, oh, no, that's not right that you're picking that, that you should be able to that this should be for you and this should be for that person i just don't ever want to be hung up on on classifications of stuff it doesn't it doesn't matter don't let that bother well, you that, so much that all goes with upbringing like people like if parents say like no you can't play with that because it's a boy toy then the boy is the girl is going to go over to a boy who's playing with that and say no you can't play with that that's a girl's toy like yeah i, I can't play with that because it's a boy toy you can't play with this because that means because it's a girl toy like it's it all goes from the it's discussion. It's a toy. That you it have, be it's a toy. It yeah. comes from the discussion that the parents give to the children. My son plays with some girl dolls and stuff. I don't care. A lot of them are like Wonder Woman and Batgirl. So I played with Barbie well, dolls growing up all though, the time. <laughs> I, the next door neighbor was a girl. She was my best friend. I would play their Barbies all the time. They never had any clothes on them when yeah, I played with them. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, why, fishbowl is, facts. Is that why you're still confused? I told you McDonald's <laughs> be a controversial subject, Chris. <laughs> I just, I just, it just seems like we're so hung up on on things that don't matter. Just do what you want. Yeah, you eat all the pink slime you all want. <laughs> if you want to, pink if you slime, want to. For us, pink slime is only for girls. I'd like to go first because this is actually kind of funny. McDonald's is the world's largest distributor of toys. <laughs> well, funny. Toys R Us is gone, so I find that very there accurate you go. now. Yeah, I you're next, Nicole, because Gary changed the okay. order. In 2005, a man named Ronald McDonald actually robbed a Wendy's. <gasps> what a douche nugget. McDonald's restaurants feed 68 million people every day. That's more than the entire population of the UK. 58 million? Yeah, every day. 68 million people every day. That's a cramped island. Here's a fun fact for all of you. McDonald's Caesar salad is more fattening than their hamburger. Wow. All right. McDonald's drive through staff will not serve people if they come on horseback. <laughs> they also won't serve you if you walk up to it either. Funny. Horseback? Really? Yeah. That's... Wow. I, I was one time... I was, I was on a business trip one time, and the walk-in was closed. drive through was open. I had no car. I walked up. I was starving, and they would not serve me. They wouldn't serve you through the drive-thru? Nope. I could have sworn one time, once during my college days where, you know, after a night out, I walked through the drive-thru, and I got service. Well, that's in Canada. They, no, no, know, no. This, is, you know, this was down here in Florida. If you walk into a bank, I'm going to rob you. Oh, hey, here, have Florida the money. Florida is always <laughs> the exception to the rule. It was Florida. <laughs> that's true. McDonald's opens a new restaurant every 14 and a half hours. That is, that is too fast for me. The Queen of England owns a McDonald's near Buckingham Palace. <laughs> I wonder wow. if I passed it. That's a fun one. McDonald's is not actually the world's largest restaurant chain. Oh. Subway is. Yes, I knew that. I remember back when they were overtaking McDonald's. I didn't think that actually stuck. I don't know if that's... Uh, I, I think over the last couple of years, though, that's kind of shifted back and yeah. forth. Between so these are not Subway's... the most up-to-date fishbowl facts. Uh, I don't know. I have well, questioned. <laughs> I've questioned these fishbowl facts no. once before. I believe. Yeah. I've questioned. As these of right now, they are before. correct. Now, in ten minutes, they may not be, but right now, they're correct. Well, Subway had the Jarrett thing that kind of threw them back a little bit. But Plus McDonald's has had controversies. Do you know you didn't finish the South Park fractured butt hole? Um, Jared is in that game. Is he? <laughs> and he comes back and his attacks are all super sexual attacks towards the kids. Nice. I, <laughs> I turned it in and I got uh, Mario Odyssey instead. You turned it in? Well, mm. thank you for letting me play it before you just gave it up. I really enjoyed that game. It was a good game. You should have played it. I, I did play it. it. I played it up until it got boring. It was not boring. All right. Well, let's rate the beer. Okay. Sharknator, white IPA brewed with spices, 12 fluid ounces out of Eureka, Canada. Our great white taken to the next level by dry hopping it with Cascade, Crystal, Chinook, and Drop Hops. Drink it all. We'll make it more. It's Eureka, California. I'm sorry. That's what I meant. I said rate the beer, not describe the beer. Look at the ABV alone. You can tell that's not Canadian. I don't see an ABV. What's your rating, Nicole? What's your thoughts and rating? I think it tastes good. I think it tastes like a pretty normal oh, beer. Right. I don't think there's anything really stand out about it. Well, it's actually a white IPA, which means it's they use like a Hefenweissen style, but they make it an IPA. 
It's really good flavor. Um, it's got a little bit of a fruitiness to it, so I kind of like it. I guess I'll give it a five. It was good. I could drink multiples. I'm also giving it a five. It was very flavorful. It was. It's good. It's not it overpowering. There's no aftertaste, and it's got a shark on it for us. I would give. Hold on. You all are giving this fives? Yes. Well, how do you explain I'm surprised the rating you system? I'm surprised you wouldn't give the label a five, like a six out of six. I did. You said five. No, no he said, said six. six on the label. Oh, I don't listen. I know. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I like Chris, would give this label a six out of six. How? Because I guess we can look at six of these out of a six pack? Yes. Right. <laughs> now, as for drinking how many of these out of a six pack. There we go. One more sip. It is easily drinkable. Mm-hmm. It's very light on the palate. Uh-huh. The hops are mild-mannered. Hoppy. There's no aftertaste. There is no aftertaste. They're boy hops. It's a smooth caress all the way down your throat. <laughs> what year was it? <laughs> well, when this podcast started recording, it was 2018. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's 2020. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I want I want to like, feel like I need more of an IPA, but like maybe because it's like a white IPA, that's why it's so smooth. It's half white and style. Yeah, like you said. Why has it got to be white? Because that's what the label says. Oh, okay. The label that you gave a six out of six to, Chris. <laughs> I could drink these really easily, but I don't know. Why did Chris give it a five only? What, what was missing for you? Um, Like Nicole said, there's nothing like super standout-ish about it. I guess that's what I'm, I'm thinking But it's still well. very drinkable. It's very drinkable. And it has good flavor, like, overall. There's no Hallmark takeaway from it other than yeah. the label. So, but then again, if it's easily drinkable, uh-huh. can we get a number Are we getting a number today? Is this a two-parter on, on so the beer tasting? Let, let's go back here for a second. Do we let, have let's, to? Let's reevaluate the situation. <laughs> I feel like Ross we, is we rate the minutes. We Come rate on. these beers based on how many of these we could drink out of six. Uh-huh. Chris says these are easily drinkable. Yes. But even so, he would not take that sixth beer. I would not. Because you know what? There wasn't enough there. It's missing one nuance for me. Yes. yes. That's what you're saying. That's yes. what I said. But you could but you could would drink it. it. Would it be, would it be you brevity? Just choose not to. Oh my to. god. Is it, yeah, so, exactly. Yes. yes, so what's your answer? What is your rating? If we were it, judges on American Idol or America's we Got Talent, are you going to berate me break? on my choice of talent? No, no, no. I'm just I was just trying to figure it out for my own benefit. Or we'll That's have to all. wait until after the commercial break for the rating. Oh, my gosh. What is the rating? This is uh, going to be podcast wait, 43 wait. by the time we're done. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Just a number. What's your rating? 5.3 out of 6. <laughs> oh. So I have to finish so, so your why, beer So why, why would you leave saying. that last three sips of beer then? Seven spite, sips of beer. Spite, Gary. Out of spite. <laughs> all right, Gary. What do you think? Well, surprisingly, I mean, I love the label. It's got a, It's called the Sharkinator. But actually, I'd only probably give it about a three or four because I'm not a big beer guy with spices. And if it's like a mild spice, I don't mind. But this one, I got too much spices, which I think why you guys like it because it didn't give it an aftertaste. Uh-huh. But for me, I'm not big for that ending of the spice. You know, the, the so I, I, I could drink, three, I could drink, yeah, I could drink three or four, but that'd probably be about it. Do you have any comments for me about my rating? <laughs> I am thrilled because I, I, I am literally jumping up and down on top of the table right now because I've always wanted to get anything over 0.75 from a Chris, and I actually pulled a five today. Yeah, I, you did. I don't feel like you're berating me enough about my <laughs> rating. No, no. You gave me a six on the label. If JL was here, I'd be saying, in your face. 
I think like, you need to be questioning yeah. more, if, me more. If JL were here, you need to berate someone on the rating. <laughs> That's how JL does it. You have to berate someone. That's true. JL does get... Lately, he's getting angry if you don't like his beer. All right, Nicole, let's get to the emails. Uh, If anybody would like to email us, you can email us at podcast42show at gmail.com. Make sure to type the numbers for two and not write the words 42. Our first email comes from Mandy the Boyle. Who is that? Hi, Mandy the Boyle? (laughs) Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Is this with a Y or an I? Y. Interesting. I'm kind of glad JL is not here for this email, but <laughs> anyway. What difference does it make if it's an I or a Y? Have what any? It's, it's two totally different yeah, things. Very different things, Chris. If okay. it's an OIL, then you got to lance it. If it's O Y L E. No, I thought he was talking Mandy. Mandy. He's talking oh. Mandy. Okay, go ahead. The email says, Have any of the hosts ever cried in public? Yes. Did any of the what now? Have any of the hosts ever cried in public? Yes. I vote Nicole. <laughs> no, it's, it's a personal answer, not... not. Oh, we're not supposed yeah. to say who did. Yeah, that's why I said I'm glad Jail's not here because he would have ripped into me. Oh, he would have voted me too. Like he's, he probably he's probably cried in public. He's probably cried in public whenever um, like a beer store is open for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> like a tear of joy. <laughs> <laughs> I've never cried in public. I don't cry in private either. I don't cry a whole lot. What? You look at me like you're crying all the time. <laughs> that's like an, he's crying, but he's not actually crying. That's more like gas. I don't know. I'm good at like empathy and i feel like your soul tears up every time you see me are you avoiding the question have oh. you ever cried in public no i have not gary <laughs> the room got really quiet <laughs> well they're both lying because every <laughs> single gentleman in this room including jl if he was here at the end of toy story 3 as the Aww. toys are sliding into Aww. the fire Aww. movies those and, don't count and, they and, do count and, and and andy is giving away and the toys all, to they're holding on to each uh, other like so this is it Guys, now, of I course, I did not cry, but the theater I was in was extremely <laughs> dusty that night. But I'm sure for Roz and Chris, uh, listen, I didn't count. I didn't count movies movie. either. Okay, I didn't count movies. Yeah, I didn't think that was a and thing. I never full on cried. I have watered up for some movies. No, okay, Toy Story three that got me to choke up, but I did not shed a tear for Toy Story three. <laughs> what <laughs> what got me to cry? In a movie theater was, was the Last Jedi. No, this <laughs> 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 ruined Luke Skywalker. They destroyed my childhood. It wasn't tears of happy. Let me try, Mr. Stark. I don't feel so good. <laughs> oh, was that it? No, I cried. Infinity War. I cried in the Dark Knight. Of course. <laughs> oh my gosh. Why? Because it wouldn't end like your speech on uh, Chris's beer rating. It just like it was such. A captivating tragedy. You just have to feel for it. And your heart was torn to shreds by the end of that movie. All right. Moving on to question number two. The next email says, it's from I Eat Upside Down. Hello, I Eat Upside Down. So he's 69ing. The question is, have any of your childhood tendencies bled into your adult lives, a.k.a. collecting figures... Childhood watching, tendencies. Watching a certain TV show. I still pee my pants. That's a lot. Oh, That's wait. A lot, no. Chris. That's a lot <laughs> to deal with right now. Thanks for sharing. I'm um, glad I said this far away from Well, we know JL still collects comic books. Yeah. Quite a bit of them, like 75 a month. <clears throat> I collect stuff. I collect stuff. I think everybody collects stuff of some some. Form I collect fashion. shot glasses. I can't say I collected them when I was a child. I hope but not. I started collecting them 
when I became an adult, and I have a pretty nice collection so of what, shot two, three weeks ago? No. <laughs> Thank you, though. Since you were a child? <laughs> oh, I have, uh, like, about 150 shot glasses, and I try to tell people when they travel to bring me back shot glasses, which... Thank you for reminding me. I collect I have somebody who's traveling right now that they have to bring me one. I collect Star Wars stuff, but I don't collect everything that's out there. It's got to be something special that catches my eye. Yeah. Froz? Anything? Um, Broken Hearts. Oh, Did, my you collect? You, that's what you did as a child. Now that's <laughs> what you do as well. You, it doesn't have uh, to be collecting. I don't. I'm, I guess like Chris, like if I see something that catches my eye, but with regards to Batman and Star Wars, then I would pick it up because it looks cool. Still a fan of like cartoons, like the old cartoons. I was like going, Bugs to, Bunny I was going and, Warner Brothers, Flintstones, yeah. all the classics. We used to Even get up, in the animated movies. Before they didn't have Saturday morning cartoons anymore, that's what we did. Saturday morning was the thing to do. Oh, my God. The first week of September, they always had ABC, NBC, had their lineup, their like Saturday morning introduction of all their cartoon mm-hmm. shows they were going to be having. through. And you sat there and you just ate breakfast and cereal and watched all the Saturday morning cartoons. And sometimes you'd be mad if they made some of them earlier. Mm-hmm. Like they would change yeah, the lineup yeah. on mm-hmm. you. Do they still do Saturday night, Saturday morning lineups? No. 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 no, that's a thing of the past. Now it's like news shows, isn't it? That sucks. Yeah, and, so, and sometimes like kids' nature shows and stuff like that. Did, but. How about this? Did anybody have traditions growing up? Like any kind of tradition that you wish you still did you're not gonna you, start singing are you no, no, from no. fiddler on the roof <laughs> tradition. No. tradition so like for example my best friend sam and i when we were in middle school i would always go over to her house or she would come over to mine and we would have strawberry banana smoothies and watch miss congeniality like that was a tradition all the time we watched that movie so many times and every time we made sure to have a strawberry banana smoothie and hmm. i wish we still did that we haven't done that and we can we can't but that's what i'm saying you have a tradition that you used to do. Wait, when you say we can, you mean like all of us? Together? Yeah, we can all. This. And your and yeah. friend Sam, we can watch Miss Congeniality. This, why are you inviting all? Why, One and what? two. Yeah. I, I tear up every time I watch them. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's a funny movie. Uh, I tear oh, up please. every time I watch Animal House. Oh my yes. gosh. You I can't up. think of any you traditions. Trusted us. Okay, so any, any <laughs> traditions you used to have that you wish you were still doing? No, just when I go up home, I always got to go like to a couple of the restaurants I used to go to as a kid, you know, yep. for, like I said, for lobster rolls or for mm-hmm. pizza and stuff like that. And I always and now I get to pass on to my daughter. We always go up and we have to go to one of those, you know, beachside arcades and blow like 20 mm-hmm. bucks playing games and collecting tickets all nice. summer. Last time I went home, I was really sad because in high school I worked at a Wendy's. Where was your home, Chris? Columbus, Ohio. Okay. And then I worked at a Red Lobster. And then the last time I went home, both those things were closed Aww. and gone. And the Red Lobster was actually an abandoned building. And the Wendy's was now a Popeye's or something. Yeah. My bagel place from where I lived when I was growing up in Brooklyn, uh, my bagel place has been replaced by a Dunkin' Donuts. So I feel your pain. Yeah, it's terrible. You replace a New York bagel shop with Dunkin' Donuts. That's no, like a- that's sacrilege. You know. One of my old family traditions when I was a child, my parents shovel like, the snow. Besides that, <laughs> they would actually take us to McDonald's sometimes, like oh, once yeah? in a while, for like just like a like a random family meal, like. But it would be like a family outing. Yeah, and it was weird because like you think about it nowadays, like no one goes to McDonald's it's like for that. You just go through the drive-through and grab something quick. But it was it was something in my family that we would just do. 
That reminds me of a tradition we used to have. I think it was Friday nights. Uh, there was a pizza place, and this is back at the height of Pac-Man uh, popularity, like super height of Pac-Man, and Miss Pac-Man was just coming out. But this pizza place offered Pac-Man pizza, and it was basically just a cheese pizza, and it had a black one black olive on it <laughs> for the eye, and it had a piece missing. So the pizza place was... Dipping you. Yeah, yeah they were actually <laughs> chipping you on pizza. But they charge you extra for it. They did, but as a kid, the Pac-Man pizza was the thing. and We had it every Friday night, and we tried to sneak in Dukes of Hazard because my mom wouldn't let us watch it. That's <laughs> fun. What? Cool. That's fun. It is fun. Yeah. But that you reminded me with your McDonald's yeah. story. That was a sad little email we got there. <laughs> yeah. We're about to tear up in public right now. I'm crying right now. <laughs> My red lobster are closed. I'm glad we're not on Facebook Live. We don't go to McDonald's anymore, Mom and Dad. <laughs> well, we need to wrap up. Where can you find us, Nicole? Spreaker. Find us on Spreaker. You can also join our Patreon page. Give us just a teeny tiny bit of money to pay for all this beer that we drink, and you get access to all of our... Huh? And the lights. And our lights and our possible Facebook and, Live. And having setup. to turn the fan up so Faraz would stay cool. Yeah, I know. the electric <laughs> bill for that. Um, our the Patreon will give you uh, our past scripts, our past uh, bonus episodes, our past um, sound checks that are really funny. Transgressions. Um, like any, the Muppets episode. <laughs> any live episodes that we've done that are no longer posted and any way, way, way back episodes that we have done. Um, that's all in our Those Patreon. are BN episodes. But other than that, you can find us pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. Just not... Those are BN episodes. Not Spotify still. Spotify still doesn't want us. Not yet. I think Chris no. wants us to ask okay. about what he means. What do you mean by BN episodes? Oh my gosh. I never thought you would ask <laughs> before nicole oh if you want the before nicole episodes i didn't i didn't the you. highlight reel there's only one good one and that's when faraz got super drunk yeah i was guilty for that so i was oh, technically that was there. nicole's and i first kiss oh yeah. that was also your and i's first kiss that same yeah, night yeah a lot happened that day <laughs> yeah, a lot happened that, that day that, that whole Ross being drunk episode was completely And now look at me. You give me a butt pillow every week. <laughs> <laughs> so Spreaker, Patreon for a little bit of bonus material. And anywhere you find podcasts expect, except Spotify. Yes, they hate us. And find us on Facebook on the official Podcast 42 show group page. It will ask you how you heard about us. So if you listen to this episode about McDonald's, make sure you put that. If somebody added you, that's fine, too. We, we add everybody. We just have a lot of funny memes and posts and lots of fun stuff. And advertisements yep. lately, I feel like. For what? In the group, in the Facebook group. I feel like we're not vetting enough. What do you mean? We'll no, talk you about it. Okay. Anyway. Who are you guys? I'm Nicole Fasone. I'm not J.L. Tross. Oh. I'm Gary Winograd. Oh. oh. I'm tearing up. Oh, <laughs> I should go next so you can yes. say your, your yes. catchphrase. I'm Christopher DeVos. And I'm Faraz. Hey. And your other, <laughs> and your other catchphrase. But is everyone done with theirs? Yeah. Have a good oh. night. Bye. 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 Good day. Fare thee well. <laughs> <laughs> you are no longer listening to Podcast 42. Some of the stuff you just heard might have been embellished, made up, or just plain incorrect. In other words, don't use this show to write a book report with. You will get a bad grade. Just like all the hosts. But I'm not done yet! JL's Beer Cooler is written and performed by Cremo. Cremo is an award-winning actor and musician. For all things Cremo, including more great music 
visit Cramo.com. That's spelled C-R-A-Y-M-O. He is on Twitter at Cramo. Facebook, just search Cramo Music. And also on YouTube under, you guessed it, Cramo.